Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Here we go once again, Growing in Grace, the podcast. I'm Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler at growingingrace.org. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing in Grace podcast. Uh, many people listening all around the big old uh, globe, the God-made globe. And this internet thing, obviously, doing um, wonders with uh, the, being able to spread the good news around the world. Uh, podcasting apps on your phone. Uh, you can listen in on your computer at growingingrace.org. And there's just all kinds of ways that you can listen. So the, the hub of it all is growingingrace.org. And again, you get your uh, phone out, find a podcasting app that you like, and just search for Growing in Grace. It's the one with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. I looked around. There are several podcasts uh, called Growing in Grace. I really don't, I haven't listened to any of them. I don't know what they're about, but... Um, we're the ones that talk about grace. <laughs> really talk about grace. <laughs> now we we've been doing this a long time, and we love it, and we're thankful that you've come along and uh, listening along with us to our casual conversation here. Yeah, we, I mean, it, it, we've been. It's unique in in many ways, but uh, I think uh, one of the unique things we've got going for us is that we like to talk about old classic TV shows. So, <laughs> yeah, like. You brought up MASH last week, and Gilligan's Island, you'll get some Seinfeld on here. You'll get some, I don't know, we've done Adam's Family, I think. Um, I, I don't, have we ever done Car 54? Well, you know, <laughs> that is a show I am familiar with as far as it being out there, but that's not one I have watched much. Oh, that was maybe one. I should, maybe I should put that on my list. Well, it was one that in my... Growing up, I watched, um, like, so they had MTV, and then they had N- Nickelodeon. I think they were owned by the same company. And so they had Nick at Night. And so I would watch Car 54 <laughs> mm. on, on Nick at Night. So this is probably a good uh, 20, 30 years after the actual Yeah, it, it's an old show. black and white. It's from now, the early 60s. one of the stars of that show was also... Herman Munster. A- Yes, I was just going to say, a star of another popular show. <laughs> yeah, Fred, yeah. Fred uh, Gwynn. Herman, Herman Monster. Yeah, Fred Gwynn was on there. And um, I did. And when I watched that, I did not know. And also, Al Lewis, who played um, uh, Grandpa on The Munsters, he was on that show. He's on Car 54? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not familiar with that. I don't, I don't know if he was like a regular or if he was a guest, but I know that he has been on that show. It's huh. neither here nor there, but it's... Yeah, <laughs> and a, a lot of people also don't know the Munsters only ran two seasons, but, you know, back then they, they ran like twice as many shows in a season. Oh, yeah. They had like 40 shows per they season. They packed them in back then, yeah. Yeah. It's like I was watching, you know, recently um, I've been watching the series Chuck. It's from the, like the mid-2000s to... 2011 or something like that and they only had five seasons but i think the last season only has like 13 episodes something like that and you just didn't see that back then you just had all kinds of episodes for people to watch Hmm. 
Anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, um, back to <laughs> <laughs> it was nice going down memory lane there. Um, back to what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. And if you missed out on those, of course, uh, growingingrace.org is where you'll find archived programs. So go back, newest ones at the top. Uh, the New Covenant, what is it? Why did it come into place? What's this thing about the law? We talked a little bit about that with the Jewish people. Why was why was the law needed? Maybe maybe that's something we can address on on this program, Joel. I mean, why why the law? And and you know, there's there's some questions we probably won't be able to answer. You know, like why things completely worked out the way they did, and and why the the timeline of of things the way they did. Why not start the law right away after Adam fell? Or why why start it at all? So maybe we can talk about some of that. Yeah, those those are <clears throat> those are good questions that I don't indeed I don't have the answers to. Like um, the law was given approximately fifteen hundred years before Christ came. You know, like you say, why didn't if if the law was needed, why did God choose to give it at that time, and and why why did He choose Israel? I, I don't know why, but we do have a few answers in the, like the New Testament writings, especially Paul. He, he's really good at explaining these things. So to people who knew the law, he wrote a lot about this. You know, he, he was talking like in Galatians 3 when he was really, uh, the Galatians had begun in Christ by faith. Just by faith. They were Gentiles who had come to Christ by faith. It's like we once were far off, and now we've been brought near to God. And it's all by what the blood of Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. We have faith in that. Everything's good. But then some Judaizers came along, some Jewish people who were believers, but who also said that you have to keep the works of the law in order to be saved. They had come along, and I don't know if they were trying to trick the Galatians, or I think in many cases they really actually believed this, that you had to... Not only have faith, but keep the works of the law. And Paul came along telling them, hey, this is foolish. This is foolishness. You're fools if you think that. Because in order to be justified by the law, you have to do the whole thing. And there's nobody who can do the whole thing. So he says, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, curses everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to do them. Um, so it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous, and he quotes the Old Testament again, the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, uh, but rather the one who does them shall live by them. So in other words, if you're going to say, I'm going to do the law, then you have to live by it. You have to live by it completely. And he talks about how Christ redeemed the people of Israel from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. And he says, so... Um, he talks about how this promise had been made to Abraham that through him, through him, the world would be blessed. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring or to his seed. It doesn't say to offsprings or to seeds, referring to many, but to one, to your seed, who is Christ. So the law, which came 430 years after this promise that was made to Abraham, does not annul a covenant pre previously ratified by God to make the promise void. So God made this promise to Abraham 430 years before the law came. The law can't make that promise void. So the, in other words, God's original promise to Abraham that it would be by faith, by promise, 
that this whole salvation, justification, would be by faith, would be by God's promise. That's what stands, not the law. So then we get to verse 19 of Galatians 3. Why then the law? Or why was the law added? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise was made, until the seed should come. That's Jesus. Uh, so is the law against or contrary to the promises of God? No. Uh, he says, if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. So I think that's important to bring out that if, you know, if, um, see, life is what was needed. The problem when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't just that sin came into the world. But Paul says in, uh, I think it's Romans 4, that uh, sin entered the world and death through sin. So it wasn't just that sin came into the world, but death. And so all died because all sinned. And so the problem that needed to be fixed wasn't so much, the sin problem needed to be taken care of, but people needed to be be made alive again. And the law could not do that. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would be by the law. But, verse 22, the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Again, I can't necessarily answer the why of all this, but this is Paul's explanation. The scripture, and he's talking about the law in in the context here, it imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law. Again, the we he's talking about there is those who were under the law, the people of Israel, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So this coming faith, he talks about it early in the chapter, the promise that God made to Abraham, it was 430 years before the law, God said this thing would be coming. It's something that has to do with faith, not to do with the law. That would become that would be revealed eventually, and it was revealed in Christ. So then the law was our guardian, again, our guardian, those who were under the law, until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, so in other words, now that Christ has come, this faith that was promised beforehand, it's now been revealed. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And he talks about that, how uh, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile, but it's all about faith. Nothing to do with the law, The law was there for that purpose, to imprison things under sin, to be a guardian for Israel until Christ came. But now that this age of faith has come and that faith has been revealed, now there's no longer the guardian. It's no longer there. Again, Hebrews 8, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, says that the old covenant has been made obsolete. It's gone. It's done. Ephesians 2 says it's been wiped out, taken out of the way. It's been broken down. It's no longer there. Even the, we talked about this during our a law abolished series, but if it's obsolete, if it's a covenant that's been made obsolete, then even the Jewish people today aren't even under it. And that's, that's something to try to grasp. <laughs> but uh, the main thing is that the way now is that um, Gentiles who didn't pursue righteousness and Israel who did pursue it by the law, neither one of them attained it except by faith and that's really what it's all about 
Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Um, let me try and pluck a few things out to follow up with you. Um, you know, this thing, this covenant that God made with Abraham, it really, that covenant, uh, I mean, all Abraham had to do was believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul points this out in Romans 4. That that was Abraham's job, quote unquote. Just believe. You don't have to do anything here. Just believe. So the so the covenant was really with Abraham. The covenant was dependent upon God to fulfill it, which he did. And it's pointed out by Paul that 430 years later, after that covenant that God made with Abraham, that the law came, but that that covenant between God and Israel, which depended upon, the covenant depended upon the Israelites to hold up their end of the deal, their end of the bargain, which they didn't, as we've talked about in recent weeks. Paul points out that that covenant would not annul the first one that he made with Abraham. So yet, with that in mind, (laughs) the covenant of Jesus Christ which was established at the time of his death and resurrection, did annul the covenant that God made with Israel. Yes. What we refer to as the first covenant. And we have the Abrahamic covenant that that, that happened before the law, before the first covenant was inaugurated or initiated with the Israelites. But that Israelite covenant did not affect the covenant God made with Abraham because that covenant depended upon God. The Israeli covenant depended upon the Israelites, and the new covenant of Jesus Christ depended upon God through Jesus Christ. And and so that covenant would, as, as the book of Hebrews explains, would annul the first covenant which contained the law. So I, I thought I would mention that. The other thing that you alluded to there towards the end is as, as, as Paul is explaining this, as he moves further along into uh, Galatians chapter 3, like he says, before faith came, we were held captive under the law. Your average Bible reader will assume that includes all of us when he's really just referring to the Jewish people. Um, Gentiles were never under the law, right? We've talked about that over and over throughout the years. And then, and the other uh, highlight here too is when 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 Paul said that the law is not of faith or is not based on faith, um, that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, that that tells a lot of the story right there. Uh, but then when faith came, referring to Christ, we are no longer under a tutor or a guardian. We Jewish people are no longer under that. And then he goes on to say, there's neither new, uh, Jew nor Greek. Uh, slave nor free, uh, male or female, we're all one in Christ Jesus. There's nobody above the other. So, some some great stuff there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, picking up on something you were talking about there, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Faith was established. Faith came, and this would result in something that's called an inheritance. So we'll be talking next time about this thing called the inheritance, where we've become heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, and an inheritance is something that you can't earn. It's not something that you get by something you do. It's something that we have received as a gift. So we'll be talking about inheritance next time on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.